Hi, I'm Vincent Andrasani, and this is episode 13 of The Place of Sound. Thanks very much for tuning into this episode, and thanks also to those who've been following along over the last few episodes. For those who are listening for the first time, The Place of Sound is a show that explores the theme of space, or the social geography, using sound and listening. We do so through a variety of audio media production formats, so you can expect to do a few different types of listening in a single show. Episodes consist of what we refer to as audio portraits, or oral history-style interviews that explore the topic of home. Soundscape compositions, which use everyday sounds to communicate the personal and social significance of a given place. And we typically end the episode with a short, documentary-style piece that over recent months has explored the topic of social isolation, something we know all too well as a result of our lockdown experiences. These are the types of projects you can expect to hear on The Place of Sound, and all of them are produced by students here at Carleton University. They're what gets produced in Comms 4501, Digital Media Production, which is a fourth-year workshop course in the Communication and Media Studies program. In this episode, we have something a little different planned, but before I introduce it, we'll pause for a quick announcement by Omer Ongun. Omer is the spouse of Jihan Erdal, a sociology PhD student here at Carleton University who's been detained in Istanbul since fall of 2020. Omer's got an important message about Jihan, and he shares information about how you might get involved to help bring him back to Ottawa. Hi, my name is Omer, and I am Jihan Erdal's spouse. Jihan Erdal is a sociology PhD student at Carleton University, an award-winning youth researcher, peace and LGBTI plus activist. Jihan was arrested in Istanbul in September 2020 while he was conducting his research. His arrest was linked to two social media posts made seven years ago calling to protest the Turkish government's failure to protect Kurds against ISIS massacre attempt in northern Syria. 2,500 academics and 30 international organizations, including Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch, released solidarity statements for Jihan. European Parliament condemned Jihan's detention and the United Nations Working Group on Arbitrary Detention made inquiries to Turkey. Today in Turkey, thousands of students, journalists and intellectuals are unjustly in prison. Like other dissidents behind bars, Jihan is arbitrarily and unfairly detained. Help us free Jihan Erdal and bring him back to his home in Ottawa. Visit freejihanerdal.com and follow Free Jihan Erdal on Twitter. As Omer mentioned, if you're interested in learning more about Jihan's present status and what you can do to help out, 
be sure to check out the free Jihan Erdal account on Twitter and the corresponding website. This episode was put together by a guest producer who selected the topic and compiled the recordings for the show. Sammy Holmes is an MA student in public history here at Carleton University. And over the last year or so, she's been working on a project titled Sounds of COVID. Through it, Sammy aims to document the sounds of the pandemic using not only her own field recordings, but also the recordings of others. Throughout the episode, Sammy will guide you through her thinking, offering context for some of the many sounds that comprise her audio archive. More details about the project will follow as Sammy works through the episode. But you can also learn more on Sammy's own website, the link to which is available in the episode description on both ckcufm.com and on theplaceofsound.ca. So without further ado, I'll turn it over to Sammy to introduce the project and get us listening to some sounds. Sammy, over to you. Hi, everyone. Just for fun, I'm going to start off with a little game because who doesn't like games? I mean, I really do. I'm going to play three sounds and your job is to figure out the connection between them. You got it? Okay, ready? Let's go. So the three sounds in order was a recording of someone tap dancing, the opening sound of Netflix, and a printer printing a document. Do you think you picked up the connection? All right, even if you didn't, here's what it was. These three sounds were recorded by people who were posed the question, what sounds mark your experience of the COVID pandemic? So what does the COVID pandemic sound like to you if I posed you that same question? I know it seems very abstract, How do you quantify sensorial value to something like a pandemic? Obviously the virus itself is silent and invisible, but we all know its effect is nothing close to silent. COVID has truly changed everyone's everyday life. It has changed how we relate with each other, with our environments, with our daily routines, and our future plans. This change in our daily lives is quite obvious to everyone, as I often catch myself reminiscing to memories of entering crowded shops, stress-free, and giving courteous, respectful handshakes to many complete strangers. But how have these changes to our environment brought on by COVID transformed our understanding of sound? To 
be honest, this is a question that truly wouldn't have passed my mind if I hadn't happened to experience many synchronous changes during this time that brought me face to face with something I truly hadn't experienced before, being alone. I had spent the beginning of the pandemic in the presence of my roommate, who I had lived with for three years at that point. There was no possible way I was going to be able to go home to be with my family since home for me is in Wisconsin in the United States. Although my roommate and I were pretty far away from our families, we had the comfort of each other to get through the beginning uncertainty. We did what many did. We took very long walks, watched a lot, and I mean a lot of movies, and we learned how to knit. But in the beginning of September, I moved into a studio apartment, marking my first time living alone. It didn't make it any better that my studio apartment was truly a small space. It could have probably taken me five steps to walk across my whole room, and I could have one foot in my doorway with the other in the kitchen. It was not the most comforting of spaces during a time when we were all spending unprecedented amount of times in our homes. I also started my graduate degree in public history through Carleton online during the fall. As we entered the third wave, I was boggled down with huge amounts of schoolwork and had no social outlet to rely on besides extensive FaceTime calls, which don't really fill that hole in your heart. I can truly say it was the first time I really felt alone. But in a funny way, I never really recognized how lonely I felt until I started hearing the silence all around me. In my one digital humanities course, my colleague was presenting about the use of sound as an application for historical learning. Her presentation really destabilized me. After the class ended, I hung up the Zoom call and instantly became aware of the silence all around my apartment. And then I couldn't stop focusing on it. The whole weekend, I was just trying to pay avid attention to the sounds that lived around me. Most of the time, they were sounds I was aware I was making, like the sounds of the TV turning on or the typing of my keyboard. But there were sounds that really surprised me where you would suddenly become aware that they would exist like this huge, deafening silence that encompassed me at every moment of sadness in this studio apartment. Here's what this silence sounded like. I know it doesn't sound like anything special, but I can't tell you how powerful that silence truly is and the grasp the silence had on me. I really began to recognize that this silence wasn't a new sound to me. We all have moments where we even crave to have moments to just exist and be quiet. There's even the beauty of the comfort of silence shared between someone you care about, a silence that feels really nice to share. But this silence truly gained a different effect because I couldn't fill it with noise because of COVID. I couldn't have someone come over or in turn, I couldn't go out and fill this silence with a laugh or shared conversation. The silence was powerful because it marked this lack of human connection because of the need for our safeties. This new awareness of the sounds around me really gave force to a big question. How have the changes to our environment brought upon by the COVID pandemic altered the sounds that we're used to hearing? What sounds mark my experience of the COVID pandemic? These became the very questions that inspired my final project for my digital humanities course which funny enough is the very same class that brought me this sound awareness in the first place. I'd come into contact with a project from Duke University called the Encyclopedia of Sounds, where they brought together a variety of recordings of sounds on an online database and each sound was provided with a little description of its character. This project amazed me because it created a collection of such diverse sounds and I never would have thought that they would have come together in this fashion. Without calling itself such, it was an archive of sounds. 
My research itself is centered around critical analysis of archives and their information, so the capability to create an archive out of sound versus records really got my mind going. What would it look like to create a sound archive during COVID? And if you haven't been able to catch the connection here yet, that is how my project Sounds of COVID was born. To give a general overview of my project before jumping into its creation, Sounds of COVID is an album of 70 recordings that were a result of asking my friends, family, and my connections on social media, what are the sounds that mark your experience during COVID? I was able to engage with 18 different participants located mostly from Montreal, Quebec, Napanee, Ontario, and Midwestern United States where I grew up. You can find the full album on SoundCloud by searching Sounds of COVID. The Sounds of COVID project originally began with an intent of only consisting of my own recordings. I wasn't exactly sure how I could grow the size of my project, both in means of technology, finding participants, etc., while keeping the capacity of my project to a size that was reasonable to complete before the end of the semester, since it was a final project for a course. I began recording all the sounds that I was used to hearing during my daily life of COVID. Some sounds are very reasonable without an explanation. That was obviously the audio of me brushing my teeth, and I'm very sorry if hearing me brush my teeth was too much information for a podcast. That last audio was obviously me working on homework. I mean, everyone's really used to that usual clickety-clack of the keyboard at this point. This next one's a little longer, but I think you'll pick up on it really quickly. If you aren't a hopeless tea addict like I am and you weren't able to pick up that last sound, it was the sound of a tea kettle boiling. As you can see, there are many obvious ways that the pandemic didn't change my daily habits. I also recorded my daily walks outside in Montreal. I love these recordings because they really capture how different areas of Montreal take on such different characteristics. This sound really captures that busy nature of downtown Montreal, but as soon as you walk to a park maybe 10 minutes away, you capture a completely different atmosphere.
I titled this track Some Semblance of Normal, Children Playing in La Fontaine Park because I remember the context of taking the video and honestly, it was one of those moments where you hear the children laughing and you see the park and you see everyone enjoying themselves and you think you really kind of forget what moment you were existing in. Like everything really truly felt normal in that moment. And I really wanted to capture that audio and bring that to this album. Although there wasn't a lack of recordable sounds that I could choose for my own daily life, I felt like I was missing something when I would listen to the collection I had created so far. I didn't realize truly what I was missing until I randomly chose to record a bit of a conversation from a Zoom chat with some of my school friends. Here is a piece of that conversation. You want us to complain for 15 minutes straight? Because I can do that. <laughs> well, you ask- <laughs> I love that. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's all I want. That's why I have everyone here. It's This is not even a homework session. It is a complaining session for everyone. Purposely cough and clear my throat. Yes, please. Wow, though. We have, like, my mom has one parrot, and she's very loud. I can't imagine multiple birds. My dad's ex had a cockatiel, and essentially, I hated that thing, and it hated me. Every time I'd walk in the room, it'd screech at me. <laughs> and even though I'd go talk to it, be like, I'd, I'd like be like, "You're such a pretty bird. You're a pretty bird. Don't yell at me." <laughs> Continues to yell. It just did not like me. It hated my dad as well. My dad hated the bird. <laughs> but when my ex, but when uh, my dad's ex moved out for six months and didn't take any of the animals or furniture with her. He had to deal with it for about a year. <laughs> He's never had a bird, but he left, he kept the bird alive. So I'm very proud of him. After I recorded this audio, I realized a huge part of my experience of COVID was in the essence of these very Zoom calls. An important, crucial part of my experience of the pandemic was the support I would receive when hearing my mom's voice through the phone or being able to hop on Zoom calls like this and laugh about life with people. Being able to connect with friends and family during this time is so important to me, and I realized I wouldn't feel like this project really collected my experiences of COVID if it didn't become collaborative, engaging my family and friends in this process. In extending my project to my community, it allowed me to have a great reason to reach out to people and see how they're doing during this difficult time. I utilized the power of social media to reach out to people about this project, and I also texted other people who I knew would like to participate as well, but maybe weren't on social media, like my grandma. In order to provide room for creativity, I tried to leave everything very broad and looking for participants. I basically just asked people to send me recordings of what sounds marked their experiences of COVID. Like I said earlier in the podcast, I was able to receive recordings from 18 different participants located in both Canada and the U.S. Expanding the size of my project and the amount of participants also allowed me to expand the questions I was asking through this collection. By bringing together sounds from 18 different people located in North America, It allows broader connections and comparisons to be drawn between people's experiences of COVID. For one, many of the recordings sent to me were of outdoor noises or people spending time outdoors. For example, my friend Abby sent me sounds of a fountain she spent an afternoon by, which symbolized the countless time she spent outdoors during this pandemic. Here's that audio.
Another one of the sounds I really enjoy that I was sent that's outdoorsy is the one my nanny sent me, which is a recording of the sounds of the wind chimes outside of her window in the rain. sounds from the outdoors, I also received a lot of bird chirping recordings. I think about four different ones. So here are a few that I enjoy. I think they're really fun to listen to. were ones that people took from indoors and were also very similar kind of marking routine habits that they were continuing to have as well as finding new forms of entertainment during this time. For example, my friend Kelly sent me two important sounds that marked her experience of COVID from indoors, one being a coffee maker. being her Rubik's Cube. And funny enough, I never really expected this, but I also received recordings of sounds that were those that really annoyed people that existed inside their homes. For example, the one I'm about to play for you is a sound from my friend Eli. And it is the sound of their really weird pipes in their home. And I, like I said, I never would have imagined this sound being this album, but it fits very perfectly. So here's that sound. There was a lot of very similar sounds that I was receiving and it allowed a lot of connections to be drawn between other people's experiences during COVID as well as bringing my own into this mix. But the broadness of my project brought me some really unique and personal recordings. Two that I really found poignant were for my friends, Abby and Donna. Abby sent me a recording of her taking part in the Black Lives Matter marches throughout the summer of 2020. Here's her recording, which she titled, Black Skin is Not Target Practice. I find that this recording stands out among the rest of the recordings of my album because it was a moment where it was capturing a sound that wasn't in isolation, right? Like it wasn't within the indoors or wasn't on your own in the outdoors. It was a movement of people for Black Lives Matter together. And I think it adds an interesting layer on the discussion of similarities and differences of experiences of COVID, right? Because although we can draw these experiences among people in completely separate places, this sound 
is bringing together a lot of different people experiencing the same thing at the same time. And it adds, I guess, a specific moment where everyone is sharing a similar experience during the COVID pandemic. I think it's a really important connection to draw in the pandemic specifically, especially because the Black Lives Matter marches during 2020 were super important and an essential part of understanding what 2020 meant, right? So, yeah. In complete contrast, my friend Donna sent me a recording of her mother on a ventilator. Here's her recording, which she self-titled Suffocating. A play on words, really, suffocating, but spelled suffocating. Here's that audio. personally what it would have been like to hear the sound every day and to know that the sound was helping my mother breathe. I think it speaks immense volumes to so many people's experiences during COVID and I can't thank Donna enough for contributing this sound to the album. It is so important and it really adds volumes. These sounds and the titles that the creators chose really speaks to the diversity of experiences every individual has had during the pandemic even if similarities exist. I wanted people to choose the title for their recordings because it would provide further insight into the emotional character behind that recording, further explaining the place that this sound had in their experiences. Every sound had a different name and carried a different meaning to each and every participant. These sounds speak for individual experiences of the pandemic in ways that aren't easy to articulate. Although the Sounds of COVID album was created as a final project for a course, it quickly transformed into something so much more meaningful to me. In terms of my history background, this project really gave me an opportunity to engage with the active record keeping of this historic time. With so much information and extreme capability of sharing our personal experiences online, there'll be a huge assortment of records and memories of this time that historians will look at when they're trying to create a history of this time. So a huge wonder for me is how the COVID pandemic will be remembered in our future. be marked by our handmade face masks that we all made at the beginning of the pandemic and posted pictures of online? Or will it be marked by the rates of cases and deaths? Or is there something out there that we don't even know yet that will become that pinnacle of the memory of this time? This project functions in some way like an archive, creating a space for people to engage with experience of the pandemic through listening instead of merely existing through visual records. But in many ways, this project was much more about the present than it is about the future. I think like many people that I was always trying to push away my anxiety about the pandemic by continuing with this notion of what it means to be productive, that I was going to make the most of this time and carry on like everything was normal even though it truly wasn't. But this project forced me to reconnect with myself and my environment and to ask important questions about how I have really been doing during this time. And in engaging my community in this process, it really drove home how unique each and every individual's experience of this time is which provided me a space in which to reconnect with other people and realize through our individual unique experiences, everyone is going through a change. And that made me feel less alone. An important part of the Sounds of COVID album was to engage people in the process of taking time to listen and to reflect on what everyday living has transformed into during this time. Sounds of COVID was a way to create a space for the reflections on our lives during the pandemic, to provide people the moment to listen and take in the environment around them. 
And in a way, listening to the album too itself is also presenting a moment of reflection on the impact of our present moment. So to bring it all around, I encourage everyone listening to take the time to reflect on your own experiences of COVID and to simply sit and listen to the environment around you. The sounds all around us speak many lessons if we tune ourselves in, and I really wonder what you might learn about the experiences of the pandemic for yourself if you took some time to listen.